So, Caitlin, who are we canceling today? Obviously, it has to be the Harry Potter game, right? Yeah, I mean, I would I would like to never hear about Harry Potter ever again, but yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Hey everyone, I'm Caitlin Burns. And I am Olive Raj Klein. And you're listening to Cancel Me Daddy. The show where we take a closer look at all of the panic around cancel culture. With thoughtful analysis. And verbal shitposting. Okay, so Caitlin, before we started recording, you told me that this was our two-year anniversary and my brain just exploded. Can you believe we've been doing this for two years? Yeah. I mean, we couldn't do it without our amazing listeners, though, right? No, not at all. Oh, my God. (laughs) We've come so far. I mean, like, you know, we've had we had the Chappelle episodes, which I think were a highlight, you know, some great guests. Uh, who could forget the Mr. Potato Head episode? Hmm. Yeah, and I feel like our show is like starting to take off a little bit in a way that it it hasn't quite until pretty recently, and so that's pretty exciting. I'm yeah, definitely really excited about our future. Um, okay, so Caitlin, yeah. um, we we've talked a little, but not extensively, about this, um, but you know, I think that that you've noticed for sure. Um, And our listeners have probably noticed that I've been taking a step back from a lot of the interviews lately. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wanted to like talk about that with you and kind of what's going on with me um, and share that with our listeners. So, so there's a lot going on. Like, I feel like I have changed pretty radically in the last year and I'm having a lot of like questions and kind of figuring out like who, like how I want to be, publicly or like in the public eye in a way that I didn't really struggle with in the same ways before. Mm -hmm. You know, I think some of that has been based on like the investigation into the anti-trans hate machine um, that I've been doing and recognizing like I am a trans person who is kind of public and um, we are in a time of like increased, you know, anti-trans rhetoric and trans people being taken out of context Mm -hmm. and all of these things. And so, um, you know, I think part of this is like the real cancel culture who's being silenced, (laughs) right? Like that's like a real part of um, what's going on and and kind of figuring out like, okay, what am I comfortable saying with who, what am I comfortable sharing publicly? Um, and, And yeah, that's just changed with our changing environment lately. And I'm just, I'm really grappling with that. Yeah, I totally understand that. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't thought about that same thing. Like, I actually have a recurring nightmare where I will be lying in bed asleep and, like, federal agents will break my door down and come and try to take me away. And thankfully, I, like, snap awake by the time, you know, the guns hit the bedroom. But it's definitely, like, a scary time to be a trans person. Uh, I've had the same calculation that you have in the past. And I think my conclusion was, you know, no matter what way the political situation goes, I'm going down with the ship. So if they want to shut me up, they'll have to kill me. (laughs) And I know that's a great message for like my mom who listens to the show to hear. So hi mom, I love you. Oh yeah. Um, 
I'm I'm gonna take a minute to process that before this just before. got real dark. Holy shit! <laughs> this did get real dark, but you know, it's shit we're dealing with. Um, yeah, well, I'm happy to step in and sort of carry the load for you while you work through all that stuff. Thank you. Um, and speaking of which, um, you had a really interesting conversation, and I'm really excited to to share that with our listeners. Joining us now, we're very pleased to have Anna Valens, editorial strategist for sites like the Mary Sue and Dot Esports. Thank you, Caitlin. It's great to be here. Anna, it's so great to have you. And I couldn't think of a better person, actually, for this topic because we're going to be talking about the wizard game. I'm very flattered that you thought of me and deeply, deeply depressed that we have to talk about this video (laughs) game. So depressing. So depressing. So... The name of the game is Hogwarts Legacy. It's sort of been in the discourse now, like the sort of trans gaming discourse that I think you and I are at least marginally connected to for a while now. And it's a Harry Potter game. And uh, I'm sure all of our listeners know by now, you know, what J.K. Rowling's fucking deal is, um, where she is a belligerent turf basically Mm -hmm, absolutely and has dedicated her life to fighting back against trans rights so of course anything that's harry potter related these days is going to carry that with it and this game is no exception but a lot of the discourse that we're seeing is about whether or not people should be buying this game whether people should be playing this game Mm -hmm. and i thought you would be a great guest to have on to sort of hash out the nuance going on here yeah totally so let's start with like what are your sort of general thoughts on on the game itself you know it's so weird because everyone always talks about like the art versus the artist and separating the two but like it's very easy to say that about someone who died like a hundred years ago right like some writer who like passed away and kicked in the 1930s and you're reading their book like a hundred years later like maybe the royalties go to their estate maybe not or whatever But with Hogwarts Legacy, like J.K. Rowling is most likely, I'm almost sure she's profiting from this. She's going to get the licensing profits in some shape or form, whether past, present. Mm -hmm. Also, this like raises the ability for her IP, right? Her property, right? Like Mm -hmm. Harry Potter and the Harry Potter, you know, quote unquote, wizarding world to have increased, you know, visibility and support, you know, between her profiting from this and her ability to actually have the visibility of her IP raised up by playing this game. It doesn't feel like that situation where you can buy Hogwarts Legacy and separate all her like terrible political initiatives and her funding for anti-trans work. You can't separate it from this game, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is not, you know, HP Lovecraft who died a hundred years ago. This is a woman who's still alive, who's still using all her riches to do terrible things to, you know, to trans people, especially in the UK, but also in this kind of international sort of like quote unquote culture war that we find ourselves in. Mm -hmm. So it's terrible. I feel like this is a game where (laughs) as much as I do love to be nuanced as a writer, like I I don't see how someone can buy this game and not be complicit in what Rowling is doing. Mm -hmm. No, I have heard a lot of people saying I have no verification of this because I haven't looked mm-hmm. into it deeply enough, but I have heard people saying that there are trans people like on the development team. We found out today that the quote unquote first openly trans 
Harry Potter <laughs> character is going to be in this game. And that's kind of its own disaster that we can talk about. Oh, yes. <laughs> but is there a balance to be found when there are like queer and trans people who probably worked on this game in some capacity? I'm wondering if there there is any sort of middle ground to it. I really don't think so. Like, mm-hmm. I get and totally understand that there are queer and trans people that worked on this game. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about something much bigger than those individuals, right? We're talking about, you know, again, providing the opportunity for someone like J.K. Rowling, who has like a ton of money and like is going to profit from this game and is going to have increased cultural power from this game at the very worst, sanitizing her image and sanitizing the relationship between her and her IP, right? And at the very least, giving her money so she can continue to comfortably do her anti-trans stuff. You know, I understand queer and trans people worked on the game, but this is a situation where the game is bigger than those people or the game itself, right? Mm-hmm. The game itself has become, whether anyone wanted it to or not, a representation of this larger issue of can you engage with work that a bigot has created? Can you engage with work that is, you know, going to ultimately aid that bigot and whatever they want to do in their life? And I just... I. As much as I understand that people want to make this about, like, those developers, but... You know, this is so much bigger than them at this point. And it's yeah. going to continue to be just because of what the online discourse is, what the what the industry discourse is. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of people who don't really care much about gaming in general, who have already chosen, you know, J.K. Rowling's side of the culture war, who are very gleefully yeah. like trying to make this game happen. They're trying to make fetch happen, you know? Yes. Um yeah. For our listeners who aren't trans, and I'd imagine that our listenership skews more trans than most podcasts, but like, can you explain to them like how a lot of their trans friends will experience knowing that they might play this game? Yeah, totally. I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot too, because I've been thinking about my own friends that want to play it. And I'm a VTuber, which is like a virtual YouTuber, someone who pretends to be you know, an anime person on on Twitch, uh, an anime girl on Twitch. It's a very fun community. And I see a lot of my fellow VTubers. Um, oh, my God, that could be a whole podcast episode just <laughs> talking about VTubers. <laughs> it's a fun world. You know, I get to be an anime girl for like two hours, three hours at a time on Twitch. Um, but I want to be serious for a second because, you know, there's all these other people that do that. And they're talking about, you know, oh, like, will my viewers be offended? I just want to play the wizard game. I grew up with Harry Potter. It looks so fun. And again, like I can't help but go back to that same point that I was talking about earlier, right? Which is like the fact that ultimately when these consumers are putting their $60 or more or whatever down for this game, they're ultimately funding that ability to push her her anti-trans, you know, policies, you know, initiatives in motion. They're also doing that sort of sanitizing of her cultural legacy, allowing the Harry Potter, the wizarding world IP to exist independently of her, even though she ultimately profits and is aided by that. So for me, it always feels like when people try to separate the art from the artist and they hear those arguments they know of them if they're ignorant of them i can understand that Mm -hmm. but if they hear those arguments or if a trans friend pulls them aside and says hey look listen this feels much bigger than this game and i need you to understand that this is a vote in her wallet this is a vote in favor of her um for someone to hear that and still say well i'm just gonna play it anyway i'm just gonna buy it anyway um it's increasingly felt really insulting to me and it's increasingly felt like 
a lack of care for how trans friends in the VTuber case, trans viewers feel about the game. Again, going back mm-hmm. to the VTuber instance, that one hurts even more because it's a situation where, you know, VTubers are creating content for an audience, right? If they're sitting there and saying, you know, hey, I feel really comfortable playing the Wizarding game. I can se- separate this work. You know, it's the art for me, it's not the artist. I don't support the artist. I don't support J.K. Rowling's views. But then they go ahead and play this like game in front of like hundreds, thousands of their own followers. Then they're doing free advertising for the game, right? So um, obviously, long way of saying, and also depends on where you are, where your friends are, where your colleagues are, what work they're doing, whether they're just playing the game, whether they're creating content of it. But it's still representative of the same issue, right? Which is people want to find ways to sort of not listen to trans people on this. They want to find ways to discredit what trans people have to say, because in their minds, it doesn't affect them. It doesn't hurt them. And it feels really um, disrespectful, you know, when all these trans people are saying, this game is going to hurt me, you know, engaging Mm -hmm. in this is engaging in something bigger than myself. And friends, colleagues, whatever, not caring, it just, it feels like they are picking a side whether they want to or not. Okay, I have a couple of different things that I want to build off of from that. Sure. And... I might be asking questions from a kind of skeptical tone, but please know that like, I, I actually 100% agree with you. I'm just playing the role of the skeptic. I totally understand. Not my first rodeo of this stuff. <laughs> so, what about the people who... And this one actually made me stop and think for a minute, because it's something that I've struggled with myself. Mm-hmm. I think you'll have a perspective on this of, of your own as well. Who The people who say, well... You know, are people who play Blizzard games, are they explicitly supporting sexual harassment? Right. Because Activism Blizzard had a huge um, sexual harassment scandal that blew up a couple of years ago. Um, and that hits close to home for both of us as we both play Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a Blizzard game. So I'm wondering if you could sort of talk me through that sort of objection to a lot of what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about this too as well because Overwatch 2 was a game I actually, I covered it for work. I got early access to it. I played with a bunch of games journalists and then I reviewed it. I was super upfront with everybody about the fact that like, you know, Activision Blizzard has had problems. I don't fault anyone who doesn't want to play that game for that reason. And it comes down to this culture of, you know, workplace misconduct that's been reported at Activision Blizzard. And we really don't know how much has changed since it's been reported. We don't really have concrete evidence that, you know, significant changes happen, right? So I very much understand for people to make that decision. And, you know, I would be incredibly supportive if someone told me that they felt that they did not want to play Overwatch 2 for that reason. So I always operate from a place of empathy. That said, though, because Mm -hmm. I'm someone who plays Overwatch and I also play uh, Valorant, which is created by Riot Games, which also had very similar issues of workplace and uh, misconduct of sexual harassment within the workplace and a hostile work culture to women. I always felt like with those two games, I was always operating from the place of these companies, because I know people there or I've since followed news around them, I do think that they're one, improving, but two, they're never taking steps to directly fund or weaponize that sexual harassment into making the industry worse, right? And I do think that those companies, especially in Riot's case, but even in Activision Blizzard's as well, Mm -hmm. I think those companies are trying to take steps forward to change their culture. They recognize a problem and they're acting on it. Um, I definitely feel that way just 
as someone who knows uh, someone in the Overwatch team. And I certainly feel that way from the reporting I've seen on Riot Games. So I feel much more comfortable approaching those products. But I still always operate from a place of empathy and understanding if someone does not want to engage in Overwatch or Valorant. So the way I always feel is that this is very different with Hogwarts Legacy, right? J.K. Rowling does not care what trans people think, is not going to take steps to change her behavior. If anything, she's gotten worse over the past couple of years and has been a more hostile person. And, you know, at any moment, Warner Brothers could have taken a step with Avalanche Software and said, we are not going to create Hogwarts Legacy. We're going to create a game inspired by the works of Harry Potter that have no obvious connection to it. Um, And we're going to create something that mirrors that experience of a witch and wizarding school without harming the IP. Would have been a great compromise. Um, I've seen indie games try to do the exact same thing to great success. Mm -hmm. And instead, it feels like the (laughs) response from Avalanche from Warner Brothers is, yeah, this is bad, but we're going to continue to create the product because the IP makes us too much money. Um, And in a case like that, it feels a lot more like a disregard Mm -hmm. and apathy towards the complaints of this project potentially funding anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ maneuvers by the creator of the series. Whereas in the case of something like Blizzard or Riot Games, I feel a little bit more confident in saying that those companies recognize a problem and at least key people within the company are trying to change things. I can't say for certain that Activision Blizzard is changing, for example, but I can say that there are people there that are trying to change things. And I don't think there is like some part of J.K. Rowling that is trying to not be transphobic. That's a great point. Um, Speaking of the developers in this game and trans people, they have introduced the first sort of quote unquote trans character of the Harry Potter universe, I think is the phrase that I saw used. Now, I don't know anything about Harry Potter um my oldest daughter is like a harry potter super fan unfortunately uh we have talked about artist versus art and it's a very difficult conversation to have with a 12 year old and i don't want to like push too hard on that but the trans character's name i mean i have to roast it for a second (laughs) (laughs) it's serona ryan yes a they literally put sir in the name yes uh, you can break it down any number of ways. You could say Sir Rona, like the Rona virus. Mm-hmm. You could say Siron Arian, which is another sort of unfortunate, I hope, coincidence. Right, right. But like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's like they're setting themselves up, even if, even if, and this is putting a lot of good faith on the part of the developers and creators here, even if they went about this with good intentions, the worst possible setup they possibly could have created for this character is to give her that name, right? You know, I understand Serona is, you know, this name of this goddess that was in Celtic polytheism. Mm -hmm. Um, Theoretically, maybe they thought like this is a representation of like someone who's really powerful and brave and we should do this. But, you know, there's been reports, you know, from two people within the games industry to public figures that this character was potentially added in to stave off criticism of transphobia from J.K. Rowling. And that Serona was specifically created not with good intentions, but to sort of, in so many words, you know, protect Hogwarts legacy from criticism. You know, oh, we're not transphobic. We put the first official trans woman in the Hogwarts universe. (laughs) So which is like kind of ridiculous, right? Like. 
like the fact yeah. that you had to make that decision because you're so scared and you know the reports is that they didn't really care about it it's very just performative it's completely not uh really trying to take that extra step to support trans players maybe theoretically some employees some developers on the team had the best intentions of some parts of creating this character but it does really feel like they're like shit like we don't want to be called transphobic i got it we will like absolutely like make sure that there's a trans woman in here and we're going to call her Serona. Like it just, it feels so much like, you know, you don't care. You just want to make sure your game sells well. You want to make sure you get the Hogwarts Legacy 2 deal. Like that's, that's all it is. You want to make sure that JK Rowling is not in the news headlines or on this game. And um, I don't like that. I think that's very scummy. Yeah. I mean, I think if they had called her like, serena even i'd feel yes. a lot differently yeah right i could have called <laughs> like, her anna that's a great name <laughs> that's a great name like you know caitlin is uh there's an irish variation spelling there so yes. you know like yeah. come on you know what they should have done they really like make sure that they sold that they weren't being transphobic they could have made her harry potter's like great grandmother or something like that like that would have been like absolutely like balls to the wall we love trans people right it's canon now harry has like a trans ancestor like that i would have been like props to you okay like you are begging for that jk rowling tweet but that is not what they did I mean, I, I wonder if she's going to tweet about it, though. Uh, let me just check her Twitter page. Oh, no, please don't. <laughs> and, and she hasn't tweeted about it yet, so she must be molding in her <laughs> castle. I mean, given uh, other <laughs> Harry Potter naming devices for characters, I'm surprised <laughs> yes. it wasn't like Manny McManhands or something. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Assigned melee Mc, uh, AMAB. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to just kind of circle back to the streaming part of this. Sure. Um, I have heard a couple of streamers suggest the idea of playing the game on stream as part of a fundraiser for a trans rights organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to know what your thoughts are on that and whether that is a noble or misguided effort or both or what Ooh, yes okay that feels very like um, we're dumping toxic waste in a river but we're gonna plant some trees to make up for it kind of <laughs> deal you know what i mean like it's just so much like look it's you want right like you want people to watch you so bad like you know this thing is gonna get you so many viewers but you also know that like you're gonna get canceled if you play hogwarts legacy <laughs> i'll carbon offset the hogwarts legacy like viewers by donating a bunch of money to random lgbtq charity uh chick-fil-a you know like it's just like <laughs> it's just, just like so much like that kind of thing yeah. you, you know what honestly if it's someone who has a really 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 great relationship with our community who's maybe mm -hmm. gonna hate play it and they're really have taken steps in the past to be like that either that trans ally or they're trans themselves um, and they take a step to work with like a really well-vouched charity, whatever, or like support some like a trans person in need who needs like housing or whatever. I think I'd feel OK with that. But it really feels like in this case, it's a lot of people who are trying to like they're recognizing that February is a drought for releases in the mm -hmm. games world. And Hogwarts Legacy is a big deal because there's a bunch of Harry Potter fans still and everyone's nostalgic over it. They wanted to go to Hogwarts as a kid or whatever. Um, and they realize that there's viewer opportunities and follower opportunities and subscription opportunities. So it just feels like 
they're trying to play the game uh, and find ways to get away with it. And I don't like that either. Mm. I am comfortable with maybe not my favorite decision, but I'm comfortable with someone who has a pre-existing and really strong relationship with the trans community who is taking steps and listening to their community to decide how they want to play the game if they think they they should. And then they find a decent compromise or solution. But I mean, even then, you know, that's super complicated and I don't even feel the best about that because it's advertisement for the game. But a lot of those streamers, they don't have any connection to our community and they really don't care. They're just trying to like, you know, plant a tree for for dumping toxic waste into the river that's it (laughs) yeah that's it it's true though it's true it's like the carbon offsetting of transphobia (laughs) yeah well if i plant a tree that that allows me to be you know do one bigotry please (laughs) um you know it's funny you mentioned that i literally the other day i just watched a youtube video about what a scam the carbon offsetting industry is (laughs) wow i mean this is a scam too to do that so it's true yeah so you're a games journalist so like as a trans person who covers games like how have you approached actually covering the release of this game i work with a lot of smaller game sites that it's just to the point where because of the way this industry is structured, it's really hard for those sites not to cover Hogwarts Legacy in some shape or form, right? There's not really a lot of things coming out in February. It's sort of like Elden Ring all over again, where financially, because of how the industry is built right now, we kind of have to cover Hogwarts Legacy in some shape or form. What I mean mm-hmm. by that is doing you know, guides to the game, news writing and, and articles about the game. But a lot of the sites they work with, especially sites like the Mary Sue, you know, we don't necessarily need to do positive coverage around Hogwarts Legacy, right? We can actually uh, take time to plan out and discuss covering the game in ways that's critical of J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. of what Hogwarts Legacy is doing for, you know, Rowling's kind of uh, public image, what it's doing in sanitizing the wizarding world sort of. IP and trying to separate her from it and allow her to thus make more money off of it, reminding mm-hmm. people that the game itself might have been created in, in conditions or has have certain aspects of it, sort of like the trans character that are questionable. So mm-hmm. it's tough because there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, why are outlets even covering it? Why are they reviewing it? And for a lot of people that are games journalists, you know, their arms are tied behind their backs. Like outlets need to be able to put out news content during the slower seasons. Uh, writers need to be able to write about games simply to make money and pay their bills. You can't just simply give up like the opportunity to do a guide about a popular game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I work with people that are really critical of J.K. Rowling, Hogwarts Legacy and want to find ways to do so. And I try to help them to find ways to channel that into their work and make sure that they can, you know, speak truth to power on this game. They don't need to do positive coverage about the game if they feel like the same way that we do, right? That this game is really harmful to people. Mm -hmm. But it's really challenging. I mean, like deep down, I think every single trans writer in the games industry hopes this game doesn't do well because we know exactly that this whole reason we're having this conversation is because this game is not Mario Kart, right? It's not like it ultimately is you know, sort of a blip in the radar in the so-called culture war, right? Like, this is a game where, you know, trans writers have to sit through transphobes, like, going into their Twitter mentions and saying, like, I bought five copies of Hogwarts Legacy just to spite you, which is, like, a ridiculously stupid thing to do. You can't play it five (laughs) times, Jonathan. (laughs) Whoa, Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, I'm sorry to all the Jonathans out there. (laughs) I think this is one of those 
things that's going to break through in larger in the larger culture discussion. I mean, I'm writing a piece about this for MSNBC. That'll mm-hmm. probably be out um, by the time this episode is out. Mm-hmm. So it seems really frustrating, especially for trans people just in the gaming sphere. Um, but I really appreciate uh, you coming on to help us break it all down. Yeah, of course. I definitely want to echo that too. We're in the state right now where it feels like this game is going to come out and the New York Times is going to write about it, right? They're going to be like, you know, can you enjoy Hogwarts Legacy if you Pamela like support trans in-depth <laughs> review. <laughs> oh my God, Michelle Goldberg, Hogwarts <laughs> Legacy review. <laughs> A game of surprisingly imagine? supportive sex negative values. <laughs> Holy shit. Jesus Christ. I'm Michelle Goldberg, and I have nuanced opinions about this game's fighting system. (laughs) (laughs) You know, originally, Michelle Goldberg started as a very popular uh, video game reviewer for Kotaku. So did you know that? (laughs) Wait, is that a human being? (laughs) No, that's not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. (laughs) Holy shit. No, you know, we joke, but I did have one of my earliest bylines was actually for the very Sue. Wait, really? I did not know that. Yeah, I wrote about having the option to play as a female character growing up. And that's how I sort of. Oh, my goodness. Expressed uh, my closeted feelings a lot of the times. You're here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I recognize this primary image of the trans flag with the video game (laughs) controller over it. They used it on my articles, too, back when I was... I also originally was, like, cutting my teeth there seven years ago before I came back. My claim to fame with that is... One of the passages from that essay ended up (laughs) in, like, the video game museum in London. Yeah. No, stop. Yes, yes. I London? have a picture somewhere, yeah. Wow. It probably shut down because of the Rona, but I I remember I got so much crap from it because, like, no. there's these British, like, rad femmes who were taking their kids to the video game museum, and then they saw, like, me no. and, like, my quote, and they would angry tweet at me while their kids are, like, running around. Like, Huffing copium. Looking at, like, Halo exhibits or whatever. <laughs> Huffing copium. They're huffing copium at that moment. <laughs> That's so great. I, you know what? That is a good version of the carbon offset thing we were talking about. Like, they put the British put you in a museum of video games. Like, you know what? It's they still can't do a bigotry, but that's. Plus one there, you know, that's I OK. I think that it's the number one um, cultural reference of the female character in Daisy. <laughs> I love this. I love that. And I love this for you. I I aspire one day to be put into a, like my writing, not myself, but my writing be put into a museum. I think that's quite an achievement. If they put me in a museum, that'd be great. But yeah. <laughs> I hope Indiana they can get Jones, out. You belong in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has completely gone off the rails. I think yes. that's a good place to call it. <laughs> yes, that often happens when I'm invited to a podcast. Thanks for coming on, Anna. My pleasure. (laughs) Are you ready for some out-of-context cancellations, Caitlin? Oliver, you know I was born ready for this. Amazing. So the first thing that we're going to cancel is gold star discourse. You mean like um, like an elementary school when they give you a gold star for good penmanship? Is that what you're talking about? You know I'm not. You know I'm not. (laughs) We're, we're We're talking about the gold star gays and lesbians right which is uh 
transphobic and biphobic or so here, 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 here's the thing though. Um, I, I might get canceled for saying this, um, but I am a gold star bisexual dyke and faggot. I uh, don't know what that means. That means that I think, I think um, I have had relations with people of all genders. We'll have relations with people of all genders. Um, Uh Some of my relationships are more faggy. Some of them were more dykey. Uh I am bisexual. Um, And I'm sure people are going to say that I can't use those words, but I just did. And I'm sure I'm going to get canceled and I don't care. (laughs) Wow. Shots fired. Uh, You know, I, here's the thing. I've been like, I'm not engaging in the discourse and I I don't as much on Twitter, but I'm also like, people don't have to like me and I don't have to be like, people don't have to like me. That's fine. Um, (laughs) Coming out of the shadows to ruin your own social I think the people who would be mad about that wouldn't like me anyway. Like I just, I don't, I don't care. Anyway, um, moving on exclusionists, which is basically the same thing. People are like, you can't be this identity because blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, whatever. Please, please go away. I'm bored. Um, We, we had a request to cancel the governor of South Dakota and the Biden administration. So like, let's hit all, let's hit them all. Yeah. Let's let's cancel American politics. Oh They're my bad. God, please. Um, can we cancel layoffs? Uh, I mean, I wish. Let's give everyone their jobs back. <laughs> like, I actually wish we could do this in real life. We're going to cancel being told that the art piece you worked an entire day on has to be AI, quote unquote. I don't know what the implication here is. Yeah. And I guess we don't need the context, but one of our listeners' partners, I think boyfriend, this comment and was feeling bad uh, about it. And someone. It's really shitty. Yeah, it is really shitty. Someone else was like, cancel being mean to artists. I think we should cancel being mean to artists, unless they're JK Rowling. I think that. Uh, I think we should cancel AI. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I've ar- I'm already sick of it. Yeah. I, yeah, here's the thing. Like, AI isn't inherently bad, but AI and how it's going to be used under capitalism is fucked. And we live, yeah. we live in hell. So I, yeah, we can cancel AI. I'm like honestly worried about AI like gaining sentience and being like humans have fucked up the whole world. (laughs) I mean, it's literally the plot of like 10 different movies. Okay. Can I, can I tell you my most ridiculous like conspiracy theory fear thing? It's not actually a conspiracy theory, but like, okay. I'm worried about communicate, like us being able to communicate with dolphins because someone's going to tell them the shit we've done to the earth. And then they're going to all rise up against us. And those fuckers are smart. Dolphin uprising. You know what? I, for one, welcome our new dolphin overlords. We can't be any worse than people, right? (laughs) Going to be ruled by dolphins. Okay, sorry. Moving on. We've gone down to some strange, strange, uh, strange places. Okay, um, we're going to cancel cancer. Yes, let's cancel cancer. Down with that. Let's see. We're also going to cancel science. To reporters who are outside of their area of expertise and just asking questions that just so happen to mirror anti-trans talking points. Related to that, we're going to cancel jacking off and sea lying. I did not now, know the term jacking off, and I love it. So, so listeners, you it's J-A-Q-ing off, like just yeah. asking questions off. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that out of context all the time. Like, oh, sounds like they're jacking off. Todd, <laughs> oh, you're gonna get some weird looks. I'll tell you what. Love it. If you would like to submit your own out of context cancellations, you can do so on our Discord server, which you can gain access to by becoming a five dollar a month Patreon supporter. You can also support our show with a $1 or $3 tip, and we have other rewards at www.patreon.com slash cancelmedaddy. Today's show was made by me, Oliver Ash Klein, and my incredible co-host, Caitlin Burns. Dee Peterschmidt made our theme song, and Ian M.W. designed our graphics. Our show is made possible by the incredible cancelers supporting our work, especially the members of our Canceler Hall of Fame, with the great power to cancel all of their enemies. Meg, Dahlia, and Catherine. We appreciate your support. Happy canceling! <laughs> <laughs>